This is a message that was recorded at Word of Life, a London City Church in Lewisham, London. May God bless you as you listen. tonight we want to stand up and say, Lord, whatever it is that is a barrier that has been a hindrance, let's begin to pray. Lord, take it out of my life. Lord, whatever tree you have not planted in my life, whatever tree is standing, whatever, oh God, in my life that is standing as a hindrance to your revival in my life, Lord, tonight, let it be uprooted. In the name of Jesus. Father, I cry out to you tonight that whatever it is in my life that is, oh God, holding me back from moving forward in you, let it be consumed by your fire tonight in the name of Jesus. Father God, the distractions, Father God, the entertainment, Father God, those things that God take our place that does not allow us to hear you clearly. Tonight, oh God, we bring before you and we say, Lord, consume by your fire in the name of Jesus. Father God, tonight we're praying for the garment, oh God, the, the anointing to pray, the anointing for intercession, the anointing, oh God, we're praying, oh God, begin to ask him to anoint you, to anoint you to be an intercessor, that you will not grow weary in praying, you will not grow weary in coming before the Lord, you will not grow weary in being, uh, standing in the gap, begin to cry out to God tonight. Father God, tonight we come before you, O God, and we say, Lord, your word says, if my people who are called by my name, who humble themselves and pray, your word says you will hear from heaven. Father God, tonight we say, may we be those ones, O God, who never stop praying. May we be those ones, O God, who are always standing in the gap. Father God, we thank you and we give you praise in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. And the people of God said, amen. You may be seated. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to take this, take you through what I want to share tonight. <laughs> um, the title for my message today is Suffering and the Believer. Amen. And I hope I'll be able to continue this. Suffering and the believer. I was this morning reading from Psalm 88, and it's 1 to 18. And as I read it, even though I threw the head in, it was clear it was a prayer for help of despondency. But I was still shocked <laughs> as I read through it. And I could hear the heart cry of this man. 
And I realized that it was definitely in line with what God had wanted me to share with you tonight. And I can tell you that sometimes as believers, we are in this place <laughs> where things, where Mehan was. But the fact is that we never speak about it. Okay? And some who speak about it, speak about it through anger. And some, they've given up. And some, is like, why me? Let's quickly, it's quite long, but if time permits me, I'll go through it all. Because I have other scriptures I want to look at. Let's start from the first verse. It says, O Lord, God of my salvation. Now the first thing you see here is he acknowledges that he's saved. <laughs> Amen. He acknowledges that. Now, he does not stop there. He then says, I have cried out day and night before you. So as believers, sometimes we cry out day and night. There are issues, there are challenges, there are things we're going through, and we're crying out to God day and night. But then you go on and you see what he says in verse 2, let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my prayer. So this is his heart cry. And that's the heart cry of most of us sometimes. Lord, I'm praying. Lord, hear me. Lord, incline your ears to me, to my cry. Now, why is it so important to him? We then see it in verse 3. He says, for my soul is full of troubles. And my life draws near to the grave. So you can see him recounting, telling you what he's going through. And I can tell you that there are many of you, you're watching me or even at, or even here, that you're going through things in your life. And you're crying out to God. And he says, I'm counted with those who go down to the pit. I'm like a man who has no strength. Adrift among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more. Now you can already see him. He's already thinking about death. Even before his troubles, even before his challenges are solved. And then he goes, who are cut off from your hand? You have laid me in the lowest pit, in the darkness, in the depths. The first, another thing you see here already is he thinks it's God who has caused this. <laughs> so already you can see, this is a man crying out to God saying, I need help. And at the same time, he's blaming God for the situation he's in. How many times have we been in that place? Where it's like we're so desperate for something to change. But it's amazing because all through this, we do not know what God is doing in the background. <laughs> but, hey, guys, I hate pain. I hate going through discomfort. And I'm sure there are many of you here that are like that. But as you read on, up to 18, you realize that in verse 18, he says, Loved one and friend you have put far from me and my acquaintances into darkness. He still believes this is caused by God. But I want you to take note of one thing. This guy, Mihan, 
okay, was a worship leader. <laughs> he was one of the Levites that was unpicked in the book of First Chronicles 15, 14 to 19, to bring the ark of God in. He was a singer. When you look at First Chronicles 15, verse 17, he says, So the Levite appointed Heman, the son of Jewel, and of the brethren, Asaph, the son of Barakai, and of their brethren, the sons of Merari, Ethan. Then you come to verse 19, and he says, The singers, Heman, Asaph, and Ethan, were to sound the cymbals of bronze. So this worship leader, a man who helped in carrying the ark of God had his moments of depression. Did you get that? When you read Psalm 73 also, you also hear Asaph despondency and the prospering of the wicked. And he cried out the same way. But then we get to a point. He said, I came back to my senses when I went into the house of God and saw what the future of the wicked will be like. <laughs> Amen. I want to say this. I was discussing this with my wife. The believer and suffering is something that we sometimes try to avoid. Or talk about. And probably this is one of those areas that we sometimes do not want to touch in our discussion or preaching. That a believer will go through challenges. Amen. As a believer, you will go through challenges. We probably sometimes, and, and this is where we pastors sometimes make people think we're superhuman. Because we never want to talk about our own despondency. And there are those who strongly believe that Christians should not suffer. And so suffering or bad things come to them as a shock. And when they see some bad things happening to another believer, they think it's to do with, this, with their sins. We will touch on that later on. Because bad things can happen to believers because of sin. I'm not avoiding that. Okay? But this is one thing I want you to note. When you go through scriptures, I don't think the Bible is shy about telling us that believers suffer. The Bible is not shy about telling us that saints suffer. The Bible is not shy about telling us that saints did not even some of their promises. Okay? Why is this so important that I share this with us? Because in 2022, <laughs> everything is not certain. The only certainty we have God, that he does not shift like a shifting shadow, that is constant. He is the same yesterday, today, 
and forever. Men might change, they might shift, they might, but he can never be changed. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it says of two immutable things of which it is impossible for God to lie. So if God says, I'm the same yesterday, he is the same yesterday. If he says today, he is today. If he says tomorrow, he is tomorrow. But what I want to share with us today, people of God, is to come to a place of understanding that your suffering and my suffering is a light affliction. When compared to the promises of God. When compared to where God is taking us to. Are you getting me? And our experience of suffering may differ. But we cannot put our head in the sand and pretend that it will never happen. Or try to explain it away. This is what Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, 8-9. He says, we are afflicted in every way, but guess what? Not crushed. Perplexed. Why are you perplexed? Oh, wait a minute. I didn't expect this to happen. He says, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but you're not forsaken. You're struck down, but you're not destroyed. Hey, <laughs> are you getting me? We can see from these verses, highlights of suffering. In a believer's life, there will be mental issues. There will be physical issues. There will be emotional. There will be spiritual People of God, Christians do go through depression. Christians do go through loss of loved ones. Christians do go through addiction. They go through marital issues. They go through loss of jobs. They go through persecution. They go through despondency. But the Bible is saying in all of this, God will never leave you alone. Am I making sense to somebody? There are times you want to give up because you do not know what to say. You have prayed, fasted, done everything that everyone has suggested, but nothing seems to be moving. You know, I'll tell you guys, I was speaking to my wife whilst coming, and um, I've gotten to a point here. I don't want people to come to me and say, what you're going through, let me take you to a man of God. Because when I say to you, I want to take you to the man of God, I am missing what God actually requires of you so that he can meet that need. Because what we've done over the years is we said, I'm taking you to this man of God. This man of God will pray for you and things will change. But unfortunately, that man of God is not God. This is what God wants from us, people of God. When you're going through those issues, run to him. He will also send people to speak to you. Am I making sense? Because he says, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy 
and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. What does that mean? When you are in his presence, he encourages you. He, 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 he strengthens you. He lifts you up. He makes you understand. That's why the Bible says in the book of 2 Samuel 5, he says, when, Dave, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king, they came to fight him. The Bible says David went to Baperazim. But he did not just go to Baperazim. He asked God. I think one of the men of God you need to read so much about is David. David will always ask God, what shall I do? What's the next step? <laughs> should I go or shouldn't I? Okay. But what we have done, and that's why as believers, some of us as believers have not been able to handle suffering, is because when God is trying to train us, we're asking other people, what are we meant to do? Doesn't make sense. So Paul is saying, your light affliction is a light affliction. You know, Job, when he was going through everything he was going through in Job 23, 8 to 10, he says this. He says, I look, look, I go forward, but he's not there. I'm backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he walks on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take. Now listen to this. This is where I'm going. He says, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Job didn't know what was going on. He didn't know the, what the devil has said to God. But he knew that no matter what, even though he's looked left or right, God is not there. He's looked forward, he's looked backward. God is not there. But he knows that God knows him. And that God has him in his hands. So I don't know what you're going through. You know, sometimes when you sit back and you look at your own challenges, and then you have to counsel other people, and you have to pray for other people, you can get to a point where you say to yourself, God, like Moses said, did I give birth to these ones? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. But what you need to know, people of God, is that your suffering actually equips you for the ministry. <laughs> it equips you for your ministry. When I look at a healing ministry, I know that God can heal. Why do I know that God can heal? I know that God can heal beyond every reasonable doubt because God has healed me. He has healed my daughter. She might still be where she is right now, but I know where God has brought her from. My daughter is a miracle. Born with a hole in her heart. I can count. So when people come to me and talk about their God, it might not be through me. Because sometimes we can make ourselves to be God. Where we think it's when I pray for this person that they get healed. But God equips you for your ministry. For you to know that. And tell other people that God can heal. Amen. Are you getting me? 
the test we go through or the suffering we go through helps us with the genuineness of our faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you've not gone through something, how do you know? One of my favorite musicians is Andre Crouch. He says, through it all, I've come to trust you. He says, if I did not have a problem, how will I know that God can solve my problem? Amen. So Peter 1, 1 Peter 1, 6, 9 says, in this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Now listen, he didn't say one trial. So there are some of us who, as we're coming out of one, we're getting into another. As you're coming out of that, you're getting into another. And you know what happens? Sometimes we can be like Job's wife. Why don't you curse God and die? Are you getting it? So you can be looking at the trouble. You can be looking at the, 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 what you're going through. Let me say something to you. Scripture says the things we see are temporary. But I believe, because I'm rounding off now, I can't finish. I believe that God sometimes uses what we're going through to woo us. Amen. To woo us. Please come closer. We can do this together. Amen. Because you and I, we are an army. Amen. But you know where our challenge is? Because, and listen guys, sometimes when we're tired, we find it difficult to pray. When we're tired, we find it difficult to read the word. I know what the enemy does. The enemy bombards your mind. He bombards your body so that you'll be tired. Because he knows when you're tired, you won't pray. And you will not read the word. But this is where you can preach the gospel. You begin to pray to him. You begin to fell in love with him. You begin to tell him, even though I I hope it makes sense to you. And I hope it strengthens you to begin to say, I don't care where I am right now. But I know that there is a tomorrow. Because in is the glory and the lift up of my name. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. I want to thank you for your word, O oh God, that has come forth. Because it will never return to you void. I pray, my Father, my God, that your word, O oh God, which has gone forth, will burn like fire in the hearts of your people. It will bring strength. It will bring transformation. It will bring them out of a married life, of a place of despondency, 
of a place where hope is being lost, of a place where it feels as though they are downtrodden. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that everyone that has heard this word, let it rejuvenate their lives. Let there be, oh God, a fire that burns inside of them to rise up to the place where they will stand again. Because though we fall, the Lord says you will always rise us up. And you are our Father. Holy Spirit, let your presence move in this place. And even those watching, let your presence move. Let lives be transformed. Let strength come. Let revelation of who you are begin to be revealed to them, O oh God. And even for myself, oh God, help me, oh God, to come to that place where I can easily run to you and run away from you. Father, we thank you. And if there is anyone watching right now, or you're even here, and you do not have a relationship with the King of Kings, I want to say something to you. We are all sinners. We've all sinned. And we need to come to a place of repentance. And I want to say, if you're there right now, and you want to say, yes, I have sinned, and I know I'm a sinner, and I want to repent of my sin, Jesus is waiting for you to run to him. And so if you're there, I want you to say this prayer with me. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I ask you for your forgiveness. I know I am a sinner, and I know I need a Savior, and you are the Savior. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died and you rose again and you're seated at the right hand of God the Father. Lord Jesus, I ask, please come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time, if you're here and you can lift up your hand and if you're watching online, you can please send us, send us and and. and Email or text us to tell us what you've done, and we will send you, uh, um, uh, what is it called, leaflets that we can help you uh, um, in your journey as a, a new believer. If you have been blessed by this message, please don't hesitate to contact us at www.wordoflife-lcc.org. And remember, God loves you 